Woodstock, the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, the Treaty of Versailles, the 1904 World's Fair. Each of these events, renowned for their significance to the human zeitgeist, have worked to shape the very foundations of the lives we lead today. And, in a few short months, another of these seminal gatherings promises to add its chapter to the great American story. Calling all buddy Israels, Mike Bays, and even the Sega Channel, gather round, kiddies, because it's the prettiest butthole in Michigan competition. This week, oh, nothing good. The gang's all here. Wait a minute. Yeah, something seems a little off. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are, we, or lady and gentlemen, we are missing. <laughs> We're talking to you, Peru. Yeah. Are, yeah. Oh, man, Peru. Fuck you, been, Peru. Been waiting. They're still out there um, somewhere. We're missing a, a, a very important part of the team here. Uh, Mr. Brown is no longer with us. I mean, uh, he's not dead. Yeah, but he's just he, not here. He's not with us <laughs> right now. Here. Currently. I just... Just our, our, our three <laughs> listeners got real concerned yeah. for about um, a hot second. Like, oh, shit. No wonder that hasn't like, been an episode in a while. Even the listener who talks to him every day is like, wait, really? What, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, so he uh, had a big, pretty big life change in addition to the household. So he's going to be MIA for a while. But spiritually, he'll be with us for a while. Hopefully, he'll be jumping back on the team uh, at some point before next year. We're talking to you. Uh, but until then, uh, we will do our best to uh, honor his memory right. uh, with dick and fart jokes and inappropriate banter. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, daddy duty times two is yes. uh, is is a big deal. Yeah, it's yes. full so. full time commitment. Yeah. You would know sure. a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm past the little one stage yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I almost uh, went on daddy duty times two uh, this week myself as we uh, almost went and got a second dog, but uh, we we decided that a, a ten hour drive to South Carolina might not have been exactly in the best interests. <laughs> In the middle of February. Great use the, of your time. In the middle of February. Also, you know? the whole commitment of having another dog. It's oh, that's a whole man, thing. It's a commitment. You know, just uh, just just the the whole. How much pee am I going to clean up in my household before we get this right? Kind of a deal, which is also <laughs> what Noah's going through. Yes, if you think about it. Yes, very true. But speaking of commitment, we're committed to you all, uh, as our fans, as loyal listeners to the show. So we figured let's carry on. And let's keep on moving. So we're excited to be back. Uh, today we're not talking about the prettiest butthole, although it may come up just casually. Listen, uh, I'm still completely gung-ho on the idea that we have to broadcast <laughs> from this thing. <laughs> we, we shall see. Uh, but today we're actually talking about uh, a film that we all love. Mm. Uh, and outside of Spider-Man, I think this is the newest film that we covered. Yeah, it has to be the yeah. most the most recent. Yeah, yeah that's but weird. It, but it's not that recent. It's very we old. We are talking about <laughs> Smoking Aces. Yes. Uh, action comedy film came out in 07. You know, it's it's kind of crazy how you mentioned that, that, you know, it's recent, but maybe not as recent yeah. as we kind of think. Yeah, we're, we're used to uh, talking about shitty 90s action flicks. So. Yeah, but like as I'm watching the movie and everything, and I thought to myself, all right, this movie was like 2006, 2007. I took a minute just to kind of think back, like, where was I in life 
in 2006, 2007. And I hadn't even been in the estate yet when this movie came out. Nope. No. This was this no, movie was predates early. That was the, early. Yeah. I know. This movie predates the estate. So um, that, that in itself to me was kind of crazy putting that uh, all together. So yeah, I don't even remember where I was. We were definitely on Broadway. Oh, you had to be on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely were. Yeah. Uh, I was living with Noah at the time. You were. That that with the that was a that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> that was, and it's unfortunately he's not here to concur how much of a lifetime ago that was. Oh. But yeah, it was. you guys were in Fallowfield because we were, yeah. yep. that was right after we got engaged, and that was the first place we went. Yes, always appreciate that. <laughs> Shows how how like, the class of friends yeah. you had then. Yeah, oh. because uh, <laughs> back then we drank a lot, but we drink a lot today, which is a perfect segue into gentlemen, as is tradition. What are we drinking today? Well, Mac, I'll start with you. I am uh, drinking a little. Uh, now I'm gonna. I don't know. If you I'm don't even know how to say it, do you? It's Avum. Avium. Avium. Close enough. There's no e there. It's a vum. It's clearly a bum. <laughs> They're making. Nobody shit. really knows. They're That's make, not a real word. It's like making shit up. Uh, Dancing gnome here, a, a delicious uh, IPA. Um, Fun facts, everybody, as uh, some of you may or may not know, I'm not always the biggest fan of IPAs, and I'm probably even more not a fan of IPAs as the first thing I'm putting into my body uh, <laughs> to start the day. Uh, however, this is a very tasty IPA, and I'm, uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. Good. Mr. Jones. I'm having a, a delicious can of Southern Tier New Haze. Um, it's good, and it is like 1130 in the morning. Oh, it's breakfast beer. So it's yeah. just, this is like the first real beverage I'm having today. <laughs> I did. Oh, I know. I did have French toast bites for breakfast. So did you make them? to wash it down? How did you go to Wendy's to get them? No, I, I microwaved them. I oh, bought okay. them at the, the grocery store. They had a big box of them. Well, you know, like with uh, being the big fan of Rick and Morty that I am, they've got that partnership with Wendy's and they push those French toast sticks like all the time. Um, and I haven't really had a chance to try them, so I'm just kind of curious if that was what they were or if they were something else. So not really sure. This is this is nothing to do with smoking aces, but you brought it up, so I'm gonna, I'd like to know your opinions on it. So uh, I can say safely, we're all fans of Rick and Morty. Obviously, mm-hmm. the news that has come out. There's been some shit that's happened. You know, in the I've world been, of Rick and Morty. I've been following this shit like when it broke, like a year and a half ago, yeah. right? When when the when the reports kind of first came out. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of innocent until proven guilty kind of a deal. Right, everybody, just because, you know, cancel culture being what it is. And, you know, a lot of people get what they deserve. But there are some people who get looped into these things that, you know, had nothing to do with it. And their lives are, you know, ruined or put on hold for a really long time. Right. So I'm always very cautious to kind of jump in when people are when allegations go out. But, man. I'll give Cartoon Network and everything credit and Adult Swim for, you know, doing their due diligence on this and, and kind of seeing how the process goes through. It's it's highly disappointing to, to hear. And I have no idea how they're going to do that show. Well, the thing is, so, I mean, he is Rick and Morty. Yeah. Not only the voice, but, like, the influence of the characters and all that. So, like, it's not going to be the same. You can swap out voice actors all day, but it's, like, he was the heart of the show. A lot of that he did off the cuff. Yeah. It was unscripted. So it's definitely going to be different. I mean, obviously, they did the right thing by making the changes that they made, given the accusations that were out there. So I don't know. It's going to be different for sure. Well, think about, too, when you have, like, like an unbelievably important characters, mm-hmm. right? Um, Bugs Bunny. 
Like when, when you hear Bugs Bunny when it's not Mel Blanc doing it, right? When you hear Kermit the Frog and it's not Jim Henson doing it. Like it's re- it's very hard to accept those characters that you've grown up with and, and have heard and, and the voices are so um, distinct. Yeah. To have somebody else play that. And, you know, for people that watch that show, that show's utterly insane, right? It's, oh, it is. It's, it's so random. It's brilliantly yeah. insane. It's brilliantly insane. And, you know, I don't I don't know how, you know, so case in point, right, everybody? Um, not sure if you kind of noticed or not. That wasn't Noah's voice doing the intro. That was my voice doing the intro. How fucking weird did that feel? Right? How weird did that? Think about that. It was a little weird. Now, to it be fair, be... you weren't trying to impersonate him. I feel like it would have been a different vibe if you had. No, I, I, well, you can't. You can. You can. Can you? You can impersonate anybody. Oh. We believe in you. You can do it. I mean, we've got, we're going to have a few weeks of this, so I can probably try to. I can do a pretty to... good no if I need to. Oh, God, I would love to hear that on the next I can, intro. I can do a pretty good note. I'm going to do Noah doing Dusty Roads. <laughs> Let me tell you, baby! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, a lot of the reports that come out say that he hasn't been involved necessarily in the creative elements. Of the show. Supposedly longer than people know. Yeah. yeah, and that he's just really been kind of coming in and doing the voices and everything. But, I mean, the show's called Rick and Morty. And, uh, you know, plus he does uh, voices for probably... 70 percent of the yeah. other characters in the show i mean everybody that's not like summer and you know his uh morty's parents and everything are done basically by him so man i i don't know um it was funny when when that news officially broke uh we were in the car going down to a hockey game jeff and uh stephanie texted me about that and you're like wait stephanie watches rick and morty <laughs> yeah I was, like, I was surprised by that yeah, yeah. and i'm like no fuck yeah she does i mean she she is like she watches probably about 90 percent of the same things that we watch which is makes our relationship so much easier you know like yeah, I, I don't i don't have to push her to watch the last of us she's pushing me so that's that's a nice uh, a nice kind of thing to have there but um yeah just just shocking it's it's really unfortunate um you know that uh, that it happened so that's just weird it is weird yeah and yeah. that's all of our uh current news for this episode <laughs> i just really wanted to get yeah. that out because yeah. i was just like man it's that's yeah, there's a lot thing. of like things that have happened in the past couple of months since we haven't been recording speaking of things that have happened in the last couple of months since we haven't been recording uh going back to the prettiest butthole competition in michigan that's like the third time today it is it is okay. um i'm i'm so i was explaining to stephanie about this because you know we were talking when we first discovered this so, so for the listeners, so uh, this is a real thing. It is real. Uh, in the state of Michigan, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, to be exact. Uh, there's a strip club there called Deja Vu that is holding the prettiest butthole in Michigan competition. Cash prizes and other various uh, accolades that, that go along with that. As part of a prize. But it's like the most bizarre thing. And I thought it was a joke at first. And I was like, oh, shit, this is real. So I shared it with with the team here. And uh, now Dave wants to record on location. There. I mean, I feel like we almost have to now that we've discovered this. Now, fun fact, right? Um, for whatever reason, I never put it together that Deja Vu like, was a strip club. For some reason, I thought we were going to be doing this from like a standard convention center. <laughs> at, the exactly. just at the Expo Mark. Just at the Expo Mark. Not exactly. The, just like we did at the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. Um, and and so, you know, we were, we were talking about this and we're like, Noah, you know, can... Do you think you can maybe make an exception for a short weekend getaway so we can go kind of do this when it happens in May, right? Um, and, and that got vetoed pretty hard. In fact, Noah, in, in, a, in a fun twist, uh, recorded um, 
the responses of, of whether or not we would be able to go and do this, which was pretty funny. So I decided I was going to ask Stephanie about this. I was like, listen, you know, I, I, I read her the intro to kind of get her thoughts when I was doing it. And I'm like, um, she goes, what's the prettiest butthole competition in Michigan? It's exactly like, oh, what you think it is. It's exactly what you think it yeah. is. And she goes, you're going to leave me for a couple of days to go to Michigan and look at women's buttholes? I mean, and she I, can come. I, first off, first <laughs> off, that was the first thing I said to her. I was like, this isn't exclusive to just us going to do this. You are more than welcome to come. Uh, but I looked her dead in the eyes and just said, I'm sure they're going to be male buttholes, too. I mean, I feel like you got it. It, would only it did be not right. disclose that it, it was. No, I just assume it would yeah. be both buttholes. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I kind of wonder, like, how the cat. Don't you guys wonder what the categories are going to be? I like was thinking about that. Like, what, what, what? How do you quantify? Yeah. What are this? the prerequisites? I mean, are do we do we have to like first off, do you differentiate between like male and female buttholes? Like, are there separate categories like best actor and best I actress? I mean, at is the, circumference uh, an issue? Awards? I feel like circumference would have to be. An yeah. Issue. I mean, do we do we like do we look look at ones like which ones are more perfectly bleached? Do we look at the ones that might have like less hair that have been waxed? You know, more the bushy assholes. I mean. I don't know. Bushy asshole, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard bushy asshole. Uh, those two words together, strung together, that is an actual first for my entire life. Yeah. There's four, I don't, four I do decades not think it took that, me to that hear would, that. Uh, qualify as prettiest. <laughs> sounds pretty messy. There's a first for everything. I mean, what if it's like, what? I mean, you know, you, you, I mean, you guys have, you know, seen adult entertainment and sometimes you've got the, you've got a nice, you know, tuft there and you maybe have like a runway. Like, you know, what if they, what if they're doing like a lawn kind of a thing where like, maybe it's the opposite, like the crack is a sidewalk and there's just some like a hair on, on the sides <laughs> there that kind of represents like when you're walking Did along you, the street. Did you, wait, hold on, a tuft? <laughs> yeah. Is that a fucking dog, a Pomeranian? What are you talking about? It could about? be. <laughs> a tuft. It could be. Um, these are the, qu- the important yes, questions yes. being posed on nothing good. Thank you for that. <laughs> Is it like a runway strip? I don't know, man. Not yeah, sure. I mean, do you do is like it bushy? Is it I don't like, know. Is, do you like? I mean, is it just like is the hair in the middle? Do you do the inverse and the hairs on the outside? I mean, do you try to put a four leaf clover in there? I mean, don't you guys want to know what this is all about? I mean, do you you gain or lose points if it's freckled? Shit, I haven't thought about that. Now, have you? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be like some some nice tanned ones, and probably the ones that'll have like the 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 the. The, the tan strips and everything kind of going on there and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so from the more fa- importantly, like who the are thongs. the judges and like what? Yeah, who oh judges God. this? Like what's the scoring criteria? You know, I know. Like you, you know, what? I think that one's a little too bushy. You know, I I know that you'd probably think like oh like maybe you'd have like other adult entertainers, people who are maybe more used. Nah, to... They're too close to it. Yeah, I I'm thinking you have to get like <laughs> literally a fresh set of eyes. <laughs> I think I think you need to get the head of the Teamsters Union and the for the auto industry in Michigan. I think you need like the CEO of Ford doing that. <laughs> like I mean, I think you need to get a real professional opinion. Get people with analytical minds to do this. Yeah, or Guy Fieri. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk about Flavortown. <laughs> well, so speaking of Flavortown, yeah. uh, I'm also drinking beer this morning. Yeah, what are you drinking, Jeff? Uh, Sorry about that. That was I, ten minutes ago. I know. We are all over the place. Uh, I am drinking a beer called uh, Berry Mellow Tasty, oh. which uh, is from the Vale Brewing in Richmond, Virginia. It's a strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, marshmallow smoothie style sour. So it's like a smoothie in a glass. So it's kind of like. I'm drinking healthy breakfast juice, but it's alcoholic. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> uh, dear, dear Spillo, 
That just that description, man. That was dear, too many things. Dear, dear sweet listeners, let me paint the picture for you for a second. As Jeff is rattling the ingredients, the first one, Herb's like, oh, that. And then the second one came right afterwards. He goes, oh. And then the third one came and went, oh. It's the fucking marshmallow. And then he dropped marshmallow in there, and I literally saw him dry heat. I, 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 <laughs> it's a thick hue of purple. In case you're wondering what it looks like. Mm. Are we talking about the beer? Are we talking about an asshole? Are we talking about the bubble Depends on the day. Depends and, on the and, day. And the tuft. <laughs> <laughs> God like, damn, like what if there's what if they just had like a patch of hair like right above, like right on their tailbone? Just kind of like Man, you gotta get that shit cut off. It's like it's it's like a it's like a reverse vagina, basically. Yeah, like it's an ass to pay. Yeah, an ass to oh there you go. So, anyways, smoking aces. Yeah, smoking aces. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. Well, it was it, it, it released in the UK in two thousand six, and then it released in the United States in two thousand seven. Which January twenty sixth, two thousand seven. Well, oh well, I mean, if it was a January release, then maybe not as strange. It probably released it in like December, but yeah, because that was the thing. Like the movie, and you know, I've always watched the credits, so you see like two thousand seven, but on IMDb and everything, it's like two thousand six, yeah. and I was like, well, yeah, maybe I just read that wrong. But no, thank you for clarifying. Um, so. Let's just get it right out of the way. Good movie, right? Entertaining film. Very good. And no business being as dramatic as it was in certain parts. No business. The the cast, and I'm sure we'll get into this, and I'll just kind of touch upon it briefly. Um, what a great cast in this Surprising. movie. Surprising. And and you have such a, a collection of of actors who you know the names. We'll, we'll like I said, we'll talk about it. Um, but people that are actors that are on the upswing, Mm -hmm. a lot of them in that, Mm -hmm. um, some actors that maybe were kind of sliding downhill a little bit before they went back up on the upswing and had their little redemption arc. Right. Um, and then Andy Garcia, right. Who's just always, (laughs) he's just not up or down. He's just kind of, he's just, he's, he's basically like a, a, a surveillance balloon that's just kind of hovering across the country. Can I tell you, I fucking hate his his accent in this movie. It's terrible. It's a little off. Let me yeah. tell you something. I can't even fucking do it. It's like it's like I don't <laughs> know if it's southern or if it's what it is, but I want to punch him in the throat. No, it it, it it's <laughs> like fair. it's a, it's like a very nondescript accent. It's weird, and it comes from like the back of his throat. It's like his oh, like, do I, you need a lozenge? Yeah. What's well, going yeah. on here, man? He's like doing his Al Pacino voice. It, yeah, and, and yes, like, yeah, but badly, but not very, good at all. It was kind of funny too because like as I was kind of it, I, I've seen this movie bits and pieces a lot recently and i don't think i've actually sat down to watch the whole thing yeah um but like there was a point in my mind for whatever reason where i was like wait is it al pacino in this or is it oh no it's andy garcia <laughs> yeah because i've also been watching like the oceans movies a lot recently yeah. which came out around the same time there's a lot of overlap and there's overlap with with for sure. again andy garcia and uh and and al pacino especially with oceans 13 but yeah um what a what a wild movie the best accolade I can give it, <clears throat> and we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but like on the off- onset, the best accolade I can give this film is how well the script and the editing and the directing manages so many little stories at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because there's a lot going on. There's it's a lot of movie too parts. much, yeah. actually, but it works. The, the, as I watched the film, it felt like an unbalanced like seesaw to me. Because you... I mean, really, the first 25, 30 minutes of the movie is heavy exposition. Mm-hmm. Like There's they, a lot of setup. There's, there's, it's all setup. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about it. And, and they, they even introduce the characters to you. And those new characters continue the setup, right? 
And then when you kind of get past that, there's almost no exposition at that point. And really, why would there be? It's a very simple concept uh, for the film, right? Uh, so, Jones, you want to kind of talk a little bit about what the like what the plot is with the of the film here? You want me to talk? What was the plot actually? <laughs> well, so go- the plot is. So the plot is. The movie is about Buddy Israel. The movie is about uh, a team of multiple assassins who have been hired uh, to kill Buddy Israel, or at least uh, attain him, retrieve him, so they can extract his heart. Because Primos Barraza, for whatever reason we don't know in the onset, wants his heart. We, we, the audience, the the, the FBI agents think it's because he's a, a brutal uh, uh, like mob they just boss. want to cut it out just because. But no, yeah. that's not why. Uh, the plot is this. Fuck. That's the plot. It's pretty accurate. There's so much that's happening in it, right? (laughs) Like, I was sitting there thinking of this to myself, uh, because I watched it once, and I went back, and I watched little bits and pieces, because I have it on DVD. Although, sidebar, I got such a kick out of this, I thought of you, Mac, when I watched this. Because I have it on DVD, and I got it on DVD, Lord knows, probably a a year or so after it came out. And one of the advertisements on this this DVD is for HD DVD. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, no. And I just started laughing. Oh, no. I'm like, I remember Dave's commitment to HD DVD. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, my my first, I think, real true sidebar of the podcast, right? Oh, man, it's been a while since I've had a sidebar, right? Um, I mean, we just had one. butthole for 15 minutes. (laughs) I don't really... And Rick and Morty. Listen, in in my mind, the butthole was not a sidebar. I I had full intention of making sure we discussed the butthole competition for at least a a few minutes. Um, what, 2000, 2005? Somewhere in there, Probably yeah, yeah. in that ballpark, right? Um, like many of you probably don't know this, uh, because a lot of you may be listening or just kind of, you know, streamers, right? Um, and, and not in the way that it would be discussed at the butthole convention, but, you know, the online version, which may also be tied into the butthole convention, but I digress. Um, it, I was looking to buy a new laptop, and, um, at that time, there were two versions of next generation, um, you know, movies being produced. It was Blu-ray, and it was HD, HD uh, discs, HD DVDs. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my, I'm doing a lot of research on this because I'm, I'm about to buy a laptop, and um, I want to make sure that whatever I get is going to have the disc driver that's going to be good enough to watch whatever the, you know, format that one, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. And uh, I decided to go with the HD, <laughs> HD DVD you player. You chose poorly, sir. It was sir. such a and, bad decision. And, and and literally everybody. I mean, it it wasn't even a year. It was like probably four or five months. Like Blu-ray one. Mm-hmm. Like hard. Yeah. Did not take long. Did not take long. And and I and I still have the laptop. Um. Uh. It's it's kind of the the battery is on it dead. I just had to extract the hard drive, but. Yeah, I, I lost that one real, real I remember real hard. Us, the conversations we would have about we it. We did. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I feel like Blu-ray, you're like, Jones, why why invest in like, it like, like all new when you yeah. can just get like, like, they're, like they're already, like, they, like Transformers came out in like HD and that was yes. like the big thing. And yes. I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, yes. like Transformers was a huge movie. So clearly. Yeah, clearly that's where it's going to go. That's where it's going to go. No. I'm never trust him like that. No. So yeah, I'm sitting there watching this commercial. I'm just like, oh, Dave. <laughs> I respect your commitment to that, though, because you were you were hard nosed about it. like no, nope, this really is going to be the winner. I really was. It was a hard loss. No, uh, but anyhow, to no, the... it, was, it was like in Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade when he looks at the, uh, the looks at Indiana Jones after the guy drank from the wrong cup and he disintegrated. <laughs> he just goes, "You chose poorly, very poorly." <laughs> so uh, to the plot, 
uh, okay, would be a mini mob boss Buddy Israel, who was you know at one point a, a Vegas showman, decides to five time Vegas showman of the year. It's a big deal. Big deal. I mean, he knew Wayne Newton, so that should tell you something. Playing yeah. by Wayne Newton yeah. in the movie. Um, he decides to turn state's evidence, uh, and Primo Sparazza, the guy we mentioned earlier, the actual mob boss, uh, decides to, that he wants him dead or wants him otherwise compromised because he wants his heart. Um, yeah, there was the like the like the burgeoning like mob war that was brewing because right. Buddy was like making moves. He was making moves. He was making sloppy moves. Yeah, is yeah. what the issue was. And then he started selling people out. So they're like, all right, we need to shut this dude up before yeah. he gives more information to the feds than he probably should. Yeah. Uh, so he gets stuck up in this penthouse under lock and key protection. Uh, and there's a million dollar hit on his head. Yes. Which was a lot of money for 2006. Yeah. So uh, the most ragtag group of assassins and killers, uh, wide range of eccentric characters yes. and whatnot, are all converging on this hotel in Lake Tahoe to take out. And like the best versions of the worst types of people. Like, it's not like this is, it's not like it's John Wick, everybody. Like, you're not getting John Wick, Wick in this, right? right? You're not getting the suave, like, James Bond type or anything. No, these are, like, the worst versions of humanity that are basically coming for uh, Buddy Israel. Um, and, man, do we get a ragtag group of, of mercs and bondsmen and um, and whatever Jason Bateman's doing in this movie. <laughs> I would love to know what he was doing. I have an idea. Of what he was doing, but I'd like to see a prequel movie about what he was doing. Yeah, he was in a weird spot a oh, couple man. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, uh, furries, everybody. I At mean, one point he was in lingerie. Yes. Yeah. Um. There was definitely a furry situation. Uh. The the uh, the, the bunny her- head. Oh, the bunny head. Uh. The herpes. You know, was definitely going on there. <laughs> the herp. The herp, as as we say. Um. But yeah. So you know, when this movie starts out, we we start with our two. Um. You know, I, I guess protagonists, if you will, right? Um, played by um, a a a blossoming star, if you will, who maybe didn't quite like have the roles yet that he needed, uh, and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And then, uh, and that was he was uh, Agent uh, Messner. 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 Yeah. And then Agent Carruthers, uh, played by. I mean, when you're having a movie with mob people, you have to have at least one of like the the Mount Rushmore. One of the of guys. Mob. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a, if you have a mob movie, and it doesn't have Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, or Al Pacino in it, do you really even call it a mob movie? Right. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, we don't have to worry about that because we do have Ray Liotta. Really? Rest Oda. in peace, Ray Absolutely. Oh, that's right, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. We right. got his last... Was Is Cocaine Bear the last movie he made? Yes, I believe so. so. And we got that coming out here in a few weeks, everybody, um, which uh, I can't wait to see that movie. But yeah, the last performance of the great uh, Ray Liotta, right? So I know as we're saying his name, like Mike Viola somewhere is just feeling like a tingle in his left <laughs> nutsack. Wait, like his... Wait, left nut. No, his, I too said, late. Too late. Does <laughs> so what you're insinuating, what you're implying, uh, is that and I don't. He doesn't listen to the show, so uh, he has two nutsacks. We'll, we'll be talking about smoking aces, and he'll know we're talking about Ray Liotta, and he'll probably have to tune into it just like by Italian default. <laughs> Jesus. But going back to the mobster ties and and how you know Ray Liotta was in all those mob movies, so uh joe carnahan the director of this also worked with ray liotta in narc which is a great flick 
Uh, not many great things from Joe Carnahan after this. It's unfortunate. But we got this. But we got this. He also made uh, The Hire. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. It was like... Uh, no. It was Clive Owen. It was a group of like shorts that they made for BMW. Okay. It was basically like a huge like advertisement for driving BMWs. But basically, it was like he was a, a driver for hire. Okay. Straight to DVD. Oh, there um, you go. Oh. I, much like Jones, I also own Smoking Aces on DVD. Uh, I'm not sure if I even know how to play a DVD anymore, so I rented it for $4 on On That's, Demand. You just put it in your Xbox. So you're, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is, too much, this is too much work. Also, I, it's not on Blu-ray. It's just a DVD. So I, I was like, I'm just going to... It's gonna, not on I'm HD just... DVD. It's, well, no, nothing anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think if you so actually have like, any HD DVDs, yeah. they're probably worth it. So like, here's my probably. $4 Comcast so I can watch Smoking Aces again. It's, it's always how I feel when Noah talks about, like, his LaserDisc collection. fucking LaserDisc. You know, because, like, I mean, LaserDisc... He still disc, stands by that oh shit. Oh, my God. I yep. feel like he's Gary Busey and, um, um, not Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Hmm. When he's like, oh, let's go. I got them all on LaserDisc. You know, come walking back in the, into the bus and, and everything. Um... Joe Carnahan, uh, fun fact, everybody, um, screenplay and story. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, Jones? No. Bad Boys, <laughs> bad no. boys for Life. That says everything I need to know. It yeah. makes sense having watched this film. Yeah. He also did the A-Team, which I, I yeah, liked. Yeah, he did. I liked the remake that. of A-Team. I did like that version of the A-Team. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I, I, I thought it was in, enjoyable, but anyway. He also did The Gray, which was where mm-hmm. Liam Neeson Good moving. Was in the woods. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. taken with wolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But outside of those those four things, uh, not a whole. I lot, refuse honestly. to believe he's done more. He's done better than that, right? No, no. He's done a lot, but Hold not on. a lot worthwhile. Hold the hell on. <laughs> Let me IMDb this. Yeah. Hold on. There's got to be better. I know for I, there's no way. There's no. Be something better than this. But given. I mean, look. If you look at the budget for this movie, so they made it for seventeen million. Which, if you look at the cast, you can't make a movie with this cast for seventeen million. You can't today. make. You can't get like for a couple of the actors that are in this movie. Yeah. You can't get one of them for seventeen million dollars yeah. at that point, right? Right. But it did pretty well in the box office. Fifty-seven million. How much of that seventeen million dollars was uh, Jeremy Piven's cocaine budget? I don't know. Part do we, of it was the cocaine wrangler. Do we do we have? Yeah, do we have? Was that the same one who was wrangling Jean Claude <laughs> yes, Van Damme from probably. Street Fighter? Most likely, that, that's I was where, thinking yeah. that. There's only one cocaine wrangler in Hollywood, and it's that guy. I I love Jeremy Piven in this movie because like I actually don't feel like he's acting. Like I feel no, like he's like that's like the asshole personality that he has. Yeah. I think in just yeah. in general in real life and, and in most of his roles. And really, at the time that this movie came out, Jeremy Piven was probably the biggest name that was attached to this based on the fact that entourage was going on at this time. He was winning awards and he was, um, you know, pretty highly regarded. And this was kind of one of his forays from, because I mean, Jeremy Piven played the asshole best friend in like every eighties movie. Yes. Yeah. He was the guy who had the sweater over top of the collared shirt and was probably flicked up a little bit. And he's always like, yeah, Spike, go ahead and get him Spike. And And he had the, like the really shitty laugh he would do and everything. Was this, before or after old school because he was dean pritchard in after. That. Was after old school is 2003 yeah, i think i can't yeah, i can't recall pretty sure it's it's after um but yeah i mean he he's got he he's got that asshole thing down pretty well and it's nice that he grown from the asshole best friend to the you know asshole dean to the asshole agent and now the yeah. asshole magician turned mob boss turned <laughs> coke addict <laughs> so he shows range who loves right. horse yeah 
uh, go to the florist, right? Tell yes. them these flowers yeah. are wilted and I need some new flown up. I love it. Oh my dick. God. So, okay. Who, okay. Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves a yeah. little bit. So, you know, Jeremy Piven, Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta, Alicia Keys, Common. Uh, now, I want to. P- Taraj. Taraj P. Henson. Taraj P. Henson. P. Man. Henson. Now, but here's the thing that was not her final form when we watched this film because if you watch the film in the introduction, it's Taraj Henson. Yeah. She, the P had not evolved yet. Mm-hmm. That's true. She wasn't there. She na- and I like saw him like motherfucker. She's not. Uh, she's not her fully form yet. You mm-hmm. know. But everybody, I feel like Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine, which I didn't realize was in the movie. Let's see, I always and I always <laughs> knew that he was in there because so. I didn't know who the hell he was when in two thousand six. I, I had no yeah. clue who he was, so it didn't matter to me. So I'm watching it again for the first time in Lord knows how many years, and I'm like Chris Pine. I'm like, who is he in this film? Like who? And then it, cl- I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. That's Chris like, Pine. For real? Oh, yeah. He's a star now. Yeah. He, listen. Like, uh, big to, time. To my point, just about everybody in this film ate up their role pretty hard. Like, no one was phoning it in with the exception of Andy Garcia. The, with the, his horrible accent. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> the acting in this movie, the commitment that these characters had to those roles is way better than... Then I would, I mean, it's not saying way better than the movie deserved, but probably way yeah, better than the movie yeah, deserved. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, watching this again, even kind of talking to that angle, um, Alicia Keys, I mean, this is probably the her first, first role. The first her role. Her and Carmen. Yeah, yeah. And they were fantastic. They were great. Now, to be fair, Ivy's character was super one note, but he nailed that one note yeah. really well. Oh, he, again, I'm getting ahead, but like that, the, the, the thing between him and, and Buddy. Oh, so good. That, mon- that, oh, that whole interaction. was so good. It, yeah. There's so, the thing that this move, the script that Joe did really well with the script with this film is that he establishes things with these characters that you believe they have history. Yeah. Like you, it's oh, just, yeah. and of course the actors have to do it, mm-hmm. but like the, the dialogues there, the direction is there and the, the, the actual acting is there where, uh, you have Ivy and Israel, and they're having this conversation. You could see like how brokenhearted Israel is when he realizes that he can't save Ivy. Mm-hmm. He's got to give him up, and he's and, so sad about and it. And of course, on the flip side of that, Ivy is f- fuming. Like, yeah. like I did things for you that only loyalty does. Yeah. Yep. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, what, that shit what, runs did, deep. Who, oh. who did he kill oh. <laughs> for Israel? <laughs> he did some dirty work who for that dude. Kill, yeah. Right. But, uh, it, so yeah, that and even that whole the monologue, even when I, uh, Israel's talking to him, and he's like, you know, I, I, you know, to see behind it, to know, and it's like, what's really going on, you know? Yeah. And that, that I remember in the theater, it moved me a little bit, and I'm like, this shouldn't be so dramatic. Like this movie doesn't deserve this scene. No, I agree, Clover. I yeah. agree. Clover agrees with me that Clo- it no. yeah, she saw it. She knows. She knows. But also, if you just look at how like the cast has evolved in their career, so uh, the guy who plays Hugo, uh, what's his name, Joel Egerton, Joel Egerton yeah. who is like has won dozens and dozens of acting awards. He's fucking Owen. Yeah, he's Uncle Owen. Yeah, mm. like um, in Warrior, which is, in yeah. my opinion, the best movie ever made in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and in um, this role, he basically is like. The dumb Russian guy. Yeah, he's just who there. Says like four words. Yeah. <laughs> and he blows his load on a twelve thousand dollar jacket. Twelve thousand dollar calf skin. He's like, jacket. I'll get it cleaned up. He's like, Where the fuck are you gonna get that cleaned you up? You can't get that out. It's set for seven hours, Jeff. You can't get that out after seven hours. 
It's true. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, and like Matthew Fox, who, you know, this was a big deal having Matthew Fox in this movie because this is right at the time of Lost. Lost, yeah. Mm. And, you know, Matthew Fox being the lead actor of that show and being, you know, a breakout star after Party of Five and everything moving into that. You know, because it's he's in the credits as and Matthew Fox, right? So, yeah, um, yeah just just a, a great great cast. Um, you know, some some bit actors in there. Uh, you know, Tommy uh, Flanagan, who you know uh, plays the the shapeshifter. Yep. You know, um, uh, hitman. Um, as I always remember from Gladiator, right? You know, he was uh, uh, Maximus's like right hand guy, but he's in a whole bunch of oh yeah. Uh, of of these movies and these bit parts, um, Kevin Durand also you know shows up in a lot of uh, Russell Crowe movies, uh, plays one of the uh, the Tremors. <laughs> um, uh, Nestor, uh, I'm going to say his last name correctly, Carbonell. Uh, you'll know him as the Mayor from uh, the Dark Knight series. Yep, but he's uh, he's got a lot of. Uh, he was also in Lost at the same time. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, um, Peter Berg. You yeah, know. Peter Berg was in it, um, and and even everybody Ben Affleck's in it. I was saying nobody's might, mentioned Batfleck. Yet. You might, you might. There's you a might reason why. Miss it. <laughs> because he's in the movie for like a total of seven minutes, and I was. But it a, starts with him. And you think in when you're watching in the theater, you're like, oh, he's like one of the main characters. He's like, not, no, like, not at all. No, this he was, dies real quick. No, this was you know as we said, you you got some actors in this movie that are on the upswing, and you got some yeah. actors in this movie who were probably more in like a downswing. You know, I think. I, I, I didn't really take a look to see when this movie takes place in terms of his career, but, you know, you're probably looking around. This was, like, around Jersey Girl and Geely and, you know, Daredevil, and there's some projects that he was in as a high-profile name that didn't exactly take off. So, you know, to get him at that stage of his career for in a $17 million movie, uh, his rate probably wasn't very high, uh, or they called in an option on him for this. But, um, yeah, Batflex in it, um, you know, Captain Canada, Ryan Reynolds, just great performance yeah. for him in this too, right? Um, yeah, great, great cast all up and down. There's there's not a person on screen minus like the third Tremor brother that you probably don't recognize and the Kung Fu kid. Uh, <laughs> What's his name, Murray? I got uh, issues with that. Warren. Warren. I think that's Warren. the only Warren. scene yeah. that serves Warren. almost entirely no yeah. purpose. It's just there to be there. <laughs> and it, it's He's annoying. Like karate chopping him like just inches from his face. Like meanwhile, yeah. his boner just keeps getting just bigger, and bigger, bigger and bigger. And it's like right there in dude's face. And he's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, you need to go, like, right now. It I don't know why no you threw sense. that ice cream sandwich at e- me e- in the e- first place. Even Buddy's manager, Morris uh, Morris Mecklen, yep. is Curtis Armstrong. Yep. Revenge of the Nerds, mm-hmm. right? Booger. Yeah, Booger. So, um, I wanted to, and, and I, I thought about doing this, but I, I got very kind of carried away with the intro. I wanted to go through and see how many awards that the actors in this movie have won doing the various things. Because you've got, you've got, Oscar winners in this now. Um, you've got you know, a couple, because Common's an Oscar winner. Um, ben Affleck's got a few. Uh, you've got Emmy winners. You've got Grammy winners. You've got probably a Canadian People's Choice in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's there's a lot of acting clout in this, right? So, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, like I said, if, if you try to make this today with the same cast, there's no way. I mean, $17 million is... Ryan Reynolds' budget. Yeah, that's it's or, a, that's a deal. Like his salary for that. So it's pretty crazy to see that amount of talent together. Yeah. 
there's a there's a quote there's a line in this movie that uh i remember hearing when i when i was younger when this movie came out and i thought it, it tickled me then it still does and I, i'm gonna start I'm, I'm gonna to add it to my vocabulary uh Starts fucking up fast and picking up speed, and I love that. I love that. I know a lot of people like that, <laughs> and I, I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna pick that up and put that right in here. <laughs> there are a couple quotes that I wrote down. One was uh, when they first go into the penthouse and they're like cleaning up the, the hookers, and uh, I can't remember the the one security guy's name. But he said, I must have been really fucked up because you went from Beyonce <laughs> to Bigfoot in about six hours. <laughs> you need to get the fuck out right now, uh, which I thought was hilarious. And then my favorite line from the film uh, is from Chris Pine. Chris Pine, sometimes fate just up and fucks you for no good reason. That's, yeah. just, the, that's just the way of the world. This character got way more screen time than it needed to have, <laughs> yeah. especially at the end. He's like, ah, hey, you know, hey, it happens, yeah. you know. All right. Sorry, I'll no, see no hard feelings, right? What's the key on his one finger? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he just wanders away. I, I had that. I had that on. He there. looks at his hand and he's like, "Yeah, sorry about that." And then he just slides he it over. It's one finger that's finger. left. Well, it's it's oh. so funny because like he realizes that the guy was there for the same reason he was, and he thinks, "Oh, we're on the same fucking team." Yeah. Even though he like blew him away, um, left them in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. To drown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Affleck and Peter Berger both dead, and he doesn't have a hand. You know, blew his fingers right off. Yep. And then he had to spend, you know, um, like half a day in that woman's house, like in the bathtub next to her, like giant collection of dildos. <laughs> Such uh, a strange series. Meanwhile, so meanwhile random. the kid who's not on taking his Ritalin is sitting there just getting a huge heart on trying to punch him in the face. Why does he have an eye patch? No one wants no. to know. No. 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 Bad things Don't happen. Ask. Don't ask. It's not important. Even, even her like um, exposition in that is is like completely crazy when she's talking about you know her his dad died like a year ago and my husband left nine months ago and no her husband hung himself oh, oh he hung himself <laughs> yeah yeah um, like even that like whole thing is like when you, it, it's such like a little throwaway but it's also so unbelievably intense like I kind of want to see that movie you know so uh, before we move on with the plot I, it, so you're noticing a, a kind of like a, a theme here with the craziness of the story. Uh, how over the top it is the ensemble cast and it's i and i wish i'd known this previously like years ago but it makes me appreciate this film even more uh so one of my favorite films that i never talk about uh is it's a mad 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 world it's been one of my favorite films since i was a little kid it's old as shit oh yeah it's so good Milton Berle, like, it's such a great cast. It's funny. It's all over the place. I don't know if I've ever heard you even talk about this I don't before. talk about it. That's Same. crazy. It's been Same. one of my favorite yeah, films since it, I was a little kid. As you mentioned it, I'm like, fuck Jones. It's really going way back on. We never talk about this. I'm going have, way back on this. I've been a, a lover of old films <laughs> since I was a little kid. Like, you'll t- you won't talk about this, but I have to hear about Southland Tales all the fucking time. First of all, I never talk about Southland Tales anymore. There was a period of time in, like, the late... Like, anymore that's the like key word yeah. that i heard of a lot i haven't talked about that film actively in like 15 years i know but you talk about it more actively than you've talked about a mad bad mad mad world well because most people haven't seen it around our age most people haven't and so that's why even true. talk about it but De- definitely nobody of the age of our listeners <laughs> yeah but you know if you want to get cultured everybody go check that one it's out. a it's a true comedy it's, <laughs> a, it's a gem it's, it's a, a, it's a great classic classic movie so yeah. to that point uh knowing that's in, in my mind that's one of my favorite movies uh, i was watching an interview with uh the director, Joe, Joe Carnahan, and he was talking about 
his inspiration was it's a mad 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 world which is why the movie is the way it is and i'm like you know what that makes all yeah. the sense in the world now because it, it feels it's just everywhere yeah so many things are just happening that don't even need to happen but they happen yeah in it's school. very busy very busy when it doesn't he, need to be he, he's like you know there's just that 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 frenetic energy like there's just all these stories looping together but for a common purpose and uh and and I truly appreciated that because, again, uh, if you have never seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, uh, do yourself a favor. It's a it's a sit down. It's a long ass film, but it is worth your time. These types of stories aren't easy to do. They're very easy to mess up. You Mm -hmm. know, one of the one of the things I was thinking about when I was watching this again was Snatch, you know, Guy Ritchie's film. uh, One of my all time, like top seven favorite movies that I've ever seen. I, I fucking love that movie, but it's a similar concept. Of just, you know, all these different side stories that keep overlapping each other. And then they finally kind of come to a head. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of examples of those where they don't work. So it's good when they do. And, you know, like you said, Jones, the way that they wrote this and edited and, and the way it was directed really, really pays off. Yeah. And I think the fact, too, that they get a lot of the just exposition out in the beginning, it allows for the rest of that stuff to kind of naturally flow. Because once the action really starts to kind of kick in, when they realize, oh, we're sending all these people to Tahoe, um, the movie doesn't have time for any real type of exposition, right? Right. You know, it's that that middle, that second act is just, it's just, you know, adrenaline. Nonstop. Really. Yeah. A lot of action. Yeah. A lot of action. A lot of high octane. So, yeah. right? <laughs> high octane <laughs> action. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention here, too, real quick, before we kind of get away from it, because I, I think it's worth noting. Um, we're at a time of, uh, of cinema where, you know, if you're going to be shooting in like Vegas or Tahoe and you're going to be in a penthouse, it has to have a ton of hookers. Uh, they all have to be spent. You know, it's always the after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always the after yeah. part. They have to be spent. Um, and, the and night we before, have another word for that yeah, around these parts. Yeah, the night before would be a whole different rating in that it's a movie. a whole different yeah. movie. Um, but, you know, like The Hangover, there's that scene. Wolf of Wall Street. There's that scene, you know, smoke and aces. There's that scene. Uh, I just kind of thought that was interesting that you know, anytime that you get like a penthouse in one of those places, I mean, the the dry cleaning budget for the upholstery has got to be through the roof. <laughs> well said. Can't be pretty. Nothing good happened the night before. Nothing good. Um. So still uh, got it. To 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 move on a little bit with the story. Uh. So you know, we got bail bondsmen. We've got assassins. We've got. We've got... Uh, oh, okay, real quick. Who's your favorite assassin? Everybody has a favorite. Who's your favorite? Mine is Jeeves, the Trevor brother, the the mm. tallest one, Kevin Durant. The big boy. Uh, with his mohawk and his chainsaw and his lack of care for anything. He's got an axe and a grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's got that, like, yeah. thing... He's got, like, the thing that you only got in, like, the power weapons when you're playing Goldeneye. <laughs> you know? Like, that's... Yes. Like, that's the only time I've seen that, like, yeah. effectively used in a movie. Yeah. And the one thing that was really funny, like, when they're gearing up, they're in the elevator, the Tremor Brothers, and uh, Elite, the door's open, and Alicia Keys is there. And, like, you could tell the other two were getting ready, and he's just, like, standing there with his hand in his tidy whities yes. And she's just like, I'm not getting on this elevator. Nope. And he he never said anything. It's just like awkward eye contact. Well, it's it's and I was gr- like even as the door is closing, I'm like, that was fucking funny. Well, it's it's funny Subtle, too, but funny because you know you clearly see him like starting to 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 get some shoulder action. He was going on there. moving and grooving in a certain direction. <laughs> and then and then Chris Pine's like looking at her, gives her like the up and down, and he's just like crunching on like cheese puffs. The you whole know? that whole movie is so fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, is Lazlo Sloot. 
Uh, he is by far the one who's like, you know, can have the masks and everything because he was the only one who was hired. He was the actual, yeah. the actual person who was supposed to be there, which I I think is fantastic. Um, it was a tie between him and the plague because I, I love the idea of that guy just being just this brutal and how he kills the, 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 the hotel guy. And he's yeah. like, kind of talks him into death. It's, and it's almost weird. apologetically. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like real, like casual about it. Like, Hey, I know you're dying, but I want you to feel okay about dying. He's right like, now. close your eyes. Don't, don't think God might hold it against you. If I'm the last thing you see, but it's, yeah. it's holy shit. But his weapon that he drops out of his sleeve, like it's very assassin's. Oh, Creed. that, that's, it's that's very, spike. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, you can't feel that. And he's like, is that blood? He's like, yeah, you're dying right now. He's like, I don't want the last thing you to think about is my face. And then he starts talking to him and whatever. It was just heavy. Like, again, scenes that just don't belong in this film. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Except for the kid in the karate thing. That didn't work at all. No. Well, or or did it? Because we're talking about it. Well, because I'm making fun of it. (laughs) It did not work. (laughs) Yeah. We're not talking about it because it was great. Yeah, it's yeah. the only thing that didn't work. Um, but oh, but you, Max. What about you, Max? So I mean, I, I, it for me, it's easy to go with the with the Tremor brothers because they're just so out of control, right? Um, but I'm gonna go with Sharice Waters. Um, she's got a 50 caliber sniper <laughs> rifle. She ain't messing around with that Jesus thing. Jesus yeah. Christ! She's right? a good shot with it too. She's Damn a good great shot. shot with that thing. Um, and I also, I, I think. Taraji, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Taraji P Henson because that's because well, that's her final form. That's, we that's know her, yeah. that's her final form, right? Um, she's I think she's fantastic in this. Um, yeah. Of all the performances that you can really feel, her performance, especially when when shit goes off the rails and she thinks that Alicia Keys has been killed when she yeah. sees the 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 prostitute laying there on the ground, she thinks it's her. Like the the emotion that yeah. comes out of her, the range of character there. Yeah, and I mean that's kudos to her as yeah. an actress yeah but also like you know shooting from i mean had to have been like a few blocks away it's several blocks away yeah. and those bullets going into the room and just like just taking people off their feet and and knocking them like 20 feet into a wall and that's awesome she's like you brought the 50 cal she's like yeah i mean fuck, yeah, i'd bring a fucking 50 well, of cal. course i did <laughs> we can gonna mess around with that so uh, to, uh, i'm glad you brought her up <clears throat> because you know audience uh again if you've never seen this before uh and obviously spoil spoilers here but a really big one is all the storylines that are happening there's just this one that's so it's not even subtle but it's just there it's it's taraj her her character is in love with Lisa oh, keys she's yeah. she's down for georgia and georgia is not really super into that no but it's it it's sad though Right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's her homegirl, that's her friend, she thinks she's dead, and that's upsetting, but it's also because there's a romantic emotion oh, yeah. attached. Yeah. You imagine that feeling? That you think that your partner, or your would-be partner that you would hope would be, is dead. Yeah, so yeah. then it's just full you couldn't rage, protect rage her. You couldn't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. And that panic. And yeah. then when she sees her in common together, and it's like, you feel fucking sad! Yeah, yeah because at on one side, she's happy and grateful that she's but alive she, but on yeah. the other side she's like that's, Fuck. that's my girl right there yeah. and then arms another man and then oh. she gets the last thing she sees is before that. before and the then she gets team killed comes in. Yeah. That, this movie was heavy in some ways it was just stringing these little stories together because like 
it, it wasn't on the nose, and I wouldn't even call it a subtle because it was she was clearly flirting with her constantly, saying little things. I mean, they had that whole beat when when she's getting dressed, yes, and, yes, and yes. she's kind of watching her put the Kevlar in to you know very um, provocative places on Alicia Keys at this point, right? Um, and you know she's looking at her through the 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 the, the scope mm-hmm. and clearly just thirsting. Hard. Hard. Yeah. Alicia Keys feels that. She just kind of plays it off because they got to think they got something to do. But it was just like, man. Yeah, like... even when they're at the, the front counter, like getting checked in and she's like, no, do you guys need two beds? Yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. like jokingly, she's like, no, we only need one girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was she joking? Oh, no. there's no, no way she was joking. She knew what she no. was doing. Uh, so, w- so then you would you then call this movie an action drama comedy romance? I mean, you'd have to when you kind of. I feel like it encompasses yeah. I mean, that. yeah, I mean, that's of all the scenarios and all the plot lines. I think theirs is the only one that there's that romantic connection to, mm-hmm. but it still I counts. I don't know. There's a little bit there between like the second and third Tremor brother after they <laughs> after they blow away Ben Affleck and Peter Berg and everybody. Where you know, real he, interesting vibes coming off that. There's a lot of. Yeah, a but lot I'll, of, I'll tell you what. One of my favorite scenes in the movie was right when they killed Ben Affleck and not because they killed Ben Affleck. I mean, that's reason to know. But uh, when Chris Pine starts having a conversation with oh Ben God. Affleck and he's like moving his lip and his eyes to like make him talk back to him. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. cra- I'm cracking up the whole time. And uh, <laughs> Melissa was watching it with me and she's like, how did Ben Affleck like keep a straight face like through that? Because like you could tell like at, <laughs> at a certain point where like he's trying to like not laugh. Yeah. Because he's just like laying still there. But it was like, it was so unnecessary, but at the same time, it was fucking hilarious. Oh, like great. it just added to like yeah. the random chaos their of those guys. Yeah. yeah, it adds to their insanity. Um, so okay, so that we we established there's teams of hitmen, Bond, Balesmen, all, all everything coming after whatever Buddy the Israel. fuck Jason Bateman was doing. What he did everything. He he did I mean, everything. He he lived. He will do anything. He lived, folks. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Gotta gotta make sure that you you go ahead and you 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 hit it and then you lock. Oh it. Oh my god! And, 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 and you, you pull the chain you, or what was it? Then you then you then you you you, you I, I don't pull know, it away or something. Yeah, yeah. You he's like that's a new it. one. We're like that's yeah, no, trying, that's trying to make that work. That's not gonna catch on, on, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, great awkward performance by him. Like it's really uncomfortable when you're in that room. Everything about that that scene, which is a departure for him, which know. is funny because like if. Like, watching it back then, you're like, okay, because, like, you don't really know him. He's not that huge of an actor then, like he is now. But now it's like, this is a really fucking weird role for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Actually, now, and, and, and looking back on it now, just like he's a bigger star now, but back then, I knew who Jason Bateman was, but I couldn't yeah. tell you the last thing I'd seen him in before that. Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf 2. Teen Wolf 2 was probably the last one. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird to see him in this role. But maybe he needed money. Yeah, sometimes you just got to cash a check. You got to cash a check, yeah. man. Was he living in that hotel? He had to he have had been. Nobody really yeah. knows. Yeah. Well, there was just shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a furry helmet or a furry... Yeah, furry helmet. Oh, there was a full... I mean, there was a full costume there, was, I'm pretty sure. There was some fangs. Some stuff was probably hanging up in the uh, bathroom just to make sure he had the out. porn paused <laughs> yeah. oh, on the TV. <laughs> yeah. There were some things that were fanging earlier that oh. day. <laughs> Um, but we learn uh, as everything kind of coll- everything kind of collapses on itself, we find out that Buddy Israel and this is the scene I wanted to really talk about the scene where you know Buddy finds out that the, you know he's he can't protect was it Big 
think it was Big, was the other hit, uh, bodyguard. Beanie. 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 Yeah, Beanie's the other one. And Ivy. Can't protect them. It's yeah. unfortunate. Or Hugo, for that matter. Well, he, he don't really cares give about a, Hugo. He didn't give a shit about Hugo. Fuck yeah. Hugo. Yeah. Uh, Hugo's dead by that point. Anyhow. Um, and just the establishment of, like we touched on earlier, the things, the lengths that those gentlemen had gone to to protect Buddy. But I really want to talk about Buddy a little bit more. Because this whole film is about him. He is the catalyst to all of this. Yes. Yep. None of this happens if it isn't for him. And watching the first scene he's in, and I and I kind of like, even when I watched it the first time, I kind of thought that he was like looking at God. Like, this is this is this is what's happened to me. You know, he's just like, oh, here we are. And in at the very end, before he's gonna shoot himself, and he's looking up at God, and he's like, Am I gonna do this? You know what I mean? But watching him go through the cocaine binge and watching him come down so hard from it and like the issue, you know, having the, the chest pains, the heart pain, like all the, 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 the damage that he's doing to himself in what, probably like a 48 hour period probably yeah. at that point uh, is, is incredible performance, you know, like an incredible, uh, I've never seen anybody do that before. So I don't know what it looks like in real life, but I'd like to think it's probably close to that. Yeah. You know? Part of it too, like kudos to Jeremy Piven because a lot of it, there was no dialogue. Nope. It was just him. Yeah. Uh, in in one case, it was him in front of the mirror, which is like a very tense scene. And you could like feel the emotion of it as he's like processing all this stuff. And obviously he's high out of his mind. And he's, you know, why does this eye look like this? And this eye looks like this. And he's covering him up. And he's like yeah, he took trying to contact lens out. Yeah, he's like trying to like almost come to terms with himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, man, like that's that's deep for an actor to do. And, like, for you to, like, feel that when he's really just standing there high off his fucking ass in yeah. cocaine. Big time. Yeah. Um, but then, like, to see, like, there that range from the beginning where he's just, like, the biggest asshole ever. Kind of funny. Until the end where he's sitting on the steps contemplating, okay, the deal fell through. So, you know, this is it for me. And sort of, like, the the reality of it all sinks in in that moment. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, the in his, what, 50 minutes, 60 minutes of screen time, whatever whatever that time frame from, you know, in real time from his character coming on and everything going off, um, you see a person who has gotten out of every situation he's ever been in. Anytime he's been backed into a corner, somehow, some way, whether it's been himself, it's been the people around him, it's been his, you know... Um, mafia connections whatever he's been able to get himself out and that's his whole life right you know yeah. because we kind of go through the whole story of buddy israel and how he kind of came into being you know his mom was a um a vegas showgirl and you know dad wasn't really around and you know kind of like growing up in that environment he's always been able to get out of it and he thanks in this situation too like well this is easily the yeah, it's just another corner. thing yeah but he realizes the severity of it. This is the biggest corner I've ever been backed into. But he still expects himself to get out of it. And then when you kind of start to see, and I think this is kudos to his performances that you're talking about, Jeff, when he starts to realize that he's not going to get himself out of this, when you start to see the changeover yeah. in his demeanor. Yeah, you're in too um, deep. It, which, which, as you said, was not vocal. It's very physical. Um, it lends a lot of credence to that performance. Indeed. Indeed. I totally well said, agree. Well said. Well yeah, said. Like, <laughs> great scenes. Well, again, uh, the character is giving performances 
harder than they than they they needed to in this movie. Like the the commitment to everybody and raising their games. We haven't even talked about Ryan Reynolds even really in this thing yeah. yet who, you know, as much as Buddy Israel is a driver, you know, his character is a driver too on the other side of the the federal side of it. Yeah. Um and and he gives a great performance in this too where you didn't really see a lot of Ryan Reynolds doing a dramatic like there's no comedy in this for ryan reynolds yeah and even no. like the first half of the film like he's just a fed he's, yeah. just, he's just like a regular cop in any other cop movie talking about golden showers with uh Ray yeah that's like the lightest his character <laughs> is it. in the very that's beginning it. yeah yeah like you you typically i mean we all know ryan reynolds by he's now. Van wilder yeah <laughs> he's Deadpool. Uh, yeah so like everything he approaches he does with sort of that that comedic side that he is just so good like his dry delivery of everything. Uh, but this was like a serious role. Like we saw that like lightheartedness up front, but then by the time all the shit hits the fan, like he hones in and he's a hundred percent business all the way through the end where he pulls the plug. Uh, it, it, another like great range of character for a character that really didn't need to be all that much. No, he, he could have been, as as vanilla as you needed a character to be in that movie just to kind of keep moving things forward because right. you in, in every movie you have that straight man or that straight woman that the act like the people around get to play yeah. and they're the one who just kind of moves moves things forward um but it wasn't that kind of situation uh w- with him at all one of the things that i think is really interesting about this movie is the use of space in particular um, how enclosed a lot of the movie is, you know, when they, they, they put a lot of the actors in a lot of the, the situations in confined spaces and how do these people play around in those spaces? Um, how it starts out in the van, you know, they're just in this tight space with each other. Yeah. Uh, everything's taking place in the hallways of the casino, yeah, in, the ele- in the elevator, right. In hotel rooms. Um, and I think that that, that adds to the um it adds to what we're watching um it's like especially too with um trying to make sure i'm saying this right um the, the stakes the scope there's like no special effects in this movie like nothing, not nothing not, significant no, no cg really yeah. um and a lot of it's gonna it's practical and things like that um but there's an intimacy to what happens with these characters when Definitely. they're all kind of pushed together uh that i think created that environment too yeah, it's all very intimate. Even when it's, you know, over the top action, it's still very intimate. Every like all the shots are real tight. The spaces are tight. Like you feel like you're in it even though it's like it you know, there's a lot of action movies where it's like, hey, there's a car chase and all this other shit that's like grandiose and scope the size and scope of the the scenes are really big, but like you mentioned, Dave, like it's all real real tight. How real tight? How tight? So tight. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 those big, grandiose action scenes and things blown up is very Mike Bay-esque, you would say, even. This uh, is true. This is the exact opposite of that feel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, what, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite, like, scene from this movie? What do you guys, when you're, when you're watching this, like, what stands out to you as something that you saw that just kind of like, well, shit? Yeah, uh, there was two for me. One I already mentioned, uh, which was Ben Affleck's death scene. <laughs> uh because it was just so funny uh but but the <laughs> one, so but he laughed so hard in the theater it's when he so saw random. that <laughs> <laughs> uh but i think 
for me, it was when uh, Ray Liotta is going up the elevator and he realizes that the security guard is not the security guard because he sees his fingers and knows that, mm-hmm. you know, that guy chewed off his fingertips so he couldn't be fingerprinted. And that, and you see the realization of it all just in his face because they're not really talking much aside from casual elevator conversation. Yes. And then it escalates real quickly and then they just keep shooting each other and then lights go out and they still just keep shooting each other. And then like you just see the aftermath of it. Uh, but I, I love the way that that scene was framed, shot. Uh, the performance is awesome. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I had in mind, like for sure. Um, because like you said, there, there's, there's just a realization that happens there. And you see the start of it, and and of course, you know, as as they're getting shot, their their bodies are shaking and everything. Yeah. And I mean, they're they're three feet away from each other. Um, and then, like you said, the lights go out, and everything. Um, I think it's when Kevin Duran, Jeeves Tremor, um, realizes that his brother is dead, and he's going after like full beast mode on Common, right? Yeah. Uh, who's trying? Who's who's handcuffed? You know, he's got the he's got the ties around his wrists. And, you know, you kind of see with the blood going into his face and everything. And he's got the chainsaw. The blood out. splatter and the sparks oh, and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, you're going for the, you're going for the chainsaw kill. Right. And then, you know, Common shoots him in the leg and he drops and he's holding himself up above the chainsaw. Yeah. And Common realizes, well, I got one shot here. And then this takes him out and then he falls on mm. the chainsaw. <laughs> Such right? a oh. violent way to go. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anything like before or since. Yeah, that, that like, has been like intense like that. Like it was almost like slow mo when he cuts through the chandelier with the chainsaw, and like the lights are like in slow motion, like sparking and crashing down. It's like raining sparks and sp- spraying blood, and it's like this is so over the top. But you're so invested at this point because like at that point in the film, like the action is nonstop. So like you're at the edge of your seat, like. Holy shit! This is awesome. What's next? You know, it's in, I, now that you're saying it, like, and I hadn't really thought of it this way, but there's like, there's just chunks, right? Like, if a movie is gonna be violent and bloody, the whole thing's violent and bloody. If a movie's gonna be like a, more of a military esque violence, where it's just guns blazing, it's only that. Like, say, but this Brad movie Ryan, has yeah. chunks where it's just that, and it's just this encapsulated moment. Because no other point in the film is as bloody as that one moment. No, nothing else. It's only there. But then you have the 50 cal uh, gunfight near the elevator. No other part of the movie is like that, right? It's just, it, it has its own identity, but it's in chunks of just like, we're, we're committing to this idea, we're committing to this theme, and then we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it there. It doesn't happen again. And I like that because if everything's bloody, nothing is. Yeah. And that makes that scene so much more violent because nothing else is like that in the right. whole movie. And, and one of your favorites, Jeff, he does that a lot, Tarantino. You know, you know, you'll you'll you think that most of Kill Bill is the scene where she's fighting the the crazy eighty eights and uh, and everything, and it's not. It's just that that ten minute right. chunk of time. You know, like the Hateful Eight. You think, well, what's what am I going to get in Hateful Eight? No, it's just that ten minute yeah. chunk. Seventy five percent dialogue and character building. Yeah. And... But but you're right, Jones. It completely adds to the effectiveness of that. 
I didn't even think about that, but it makes total sense. Like it's weird. Like it's weird. Like, and I hadn't really thought of it until Jeff. I'm like, you know what? There was nothing else in this film that was as bloody as Mm-mm. that one scene. Yeah, that was the only. And it one made part. it so yeah. impactful. Yeah, the colors just popped so much because that's the, that's the most amount of blood we got in the whole film, and it was a lot of it. Yeah, it was so yeah. violent. Yeah, um, and it spoke to the tremors. Right when they were there, it's bloody. Only when they're there, yeah, mm-hmm. is it bloody. It's like Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, and as far as my favorite scene, uh, so 15 years ago, I would have told you that it was the last scene because I thought felt like that was the most powerful. And I thought that's where you're going to go with it. What when I, when I when I kind of put the question together, I was kind of hoping it was like um, Hope Jones talks about the very last. Well, last I mean, two and I can listen. I can the the idea that like Messner is broken. He lost his partner, uh, who may or may not have been his best friend. A friend, at least. A good friend, at least. Somebody who's protected him. He's pr- they protected each other. He's probably met his wife. Probably broke bread together, I'm yeah. sure of it, you know, with families. Uh, and to watch and to know that his country that they fought to help protect and secure has betrayed them willingly, knowingly. Uh, for him to get that confirmation, you know, spoiler alert yet again. Uh, there's a whole backstory, another story of uh, an FBI agent who went under deep undercover with the 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 the, the mob. Heller, uh, Freeman Heller, which I love that name. By or the way. or Hella, 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 stupid actor. Freeman Heller, it's Freeman, Freeman Hella, Hella, Freeman Hella. I was like Hella, like in Thor Ragnarok. That didn't help me at all. That actually kind of hurt. They're like no, a different Hella. No, it's <laughs> Hella, Hella. It's Hella, Hella. Was this was this before after Hella Good from No Doubt. <laughs> Asking the serious questions. I know. Um, the hard-hitting questions that makes this the number 757,000 Yeah, nobody else is asking these questions. Apple. No, they're not. <laughs> i tell you that. So if you put your, 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 yourself in, in Messner's shoes and Reynolds' shoes, and the entire experience that he just had, going from surveillance, oh shit, things are going to pop off, let's make our way there, we split up, should have never split up, but we split up, now he's dead, everybody's dead, that was PTSD central. Like, he's being shot at from every direction in that lobby. Yeah. Like, every direction possible. And somehow he survived. But you know what? His his partner didn't survive. And for what? Some old guy. You know, not 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 Primo, but for Hella. That's why we're doing. We're saving him. Because he may have some information. Uh, honestly, the level of, of broken that character has to feel at that moment. Realizing why it all happened. And it was... Pr- Totally could have been avoided. The information could have been provided, but it wasn't because the FBI will FBI all over someone's face, and that's what happened. Well, I think it's great in that scene too when he finally gets uh, his partner out of the elevator, knows he's dead, like he knows he's dead, and he's still shouting for a medic anyway. Yes, like that blind, like I'm not even, yeah. I'm just reacting, like I'm not even yeah, consciously panic, here. That panic. subconscious reaction, yeah. yeah, and then how he carries that through the rest of the third act. And then for him, having experienced all of that, which if you think about it, all of these characters, few of them experienced a whole lot through the whole film except for Buddy. Right. Everybody else experienced things in chunks, little moments. But for for Messner, for him to feel so wronged, to feel so sad, to feel so angry, to be so traumatized from that experience that he pulls a gun on his superior in a hospital potentially a military le- level hospital you and know? that was before he even knew why yes the why yeah you have got to be <laughs> he was broken to that point because if you look at the whole timeline of the film like this literally happened in 36 hours yes yeah. yeah. it happens so quickly yeah. how do you he didn't process any of this no 
So he's there, he pulls a gun, he could have been shot on sight for that, but he wants to know why his partner died and why so many other people died. Not just his partner, but every, all the, a lot of people died, right? And he gets the information, and it's funny, like, there, like, there are moments in films you watch something for the first time, and it, like, it's just like, fuck, that was heavy. And for him to get the information, he goes, okay, I'm clear. And he goes in there, and that fucking song, he sits down, and he's he's making this conscious decision, like this is it. Well, how about even I'm more, going to jail tonight, baby. Before yeah. before you even jump into that piece, just yes. when I I think it's also impactful when, you know, he's talking to Andy Garcia, and Andy Garcia is like, you just need to go home, and then just the gun comes out, and you just hear the gun, like he, he just he just pull he just cocks it back, and it's. I'm like I'm not even I'm not even I'm not even looking at you. I'm pulling out the gun. You're gonna fucking tell me, like that. That's that shows the desperation. Yes. Um, because you know they always I can't remember what movie it is, but they talk about like you know, uh, no, it's I think it might be uh, Phone Booth. Uh, Have you guys seen the movie Phone Booth? Mm -hmm. Which I think we should cover that movie at some point because that's that's a really interesting. It's a unique film experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but when uh, Kiefer Sutherland's talking to Colin Farrell in the booth, and he's like. The sound of a gun, of a trigger being pulled back. Like, there's no more definitive sound that you'll hear. And, of course, you know, Andy Garcia's like, you need to go home. I'm still holding this really important file, which is the biggest fucking MacGuffin in this whole movie. Yes. <laughs> um, and he's like, nope, here's a gun. I've got the trigger pulled back. Okay, let's go have a conversation. You know? It's like, let's right, talk. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, going back. Sorry, Jones. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, 10 years ago, I would have said that scene where, you know, he makes the decision, puts his gun down. You know, he unloads it. He, he puts his, his badge down. He's, he's making the conscious decision that he's going to go to. Not only is he, gonna, he's he, he, is he losing his job, he's going to jail. Uh, most Prison, well, that, most likely. And that scene is interesting. One, you know, it's it's sort of the finality of it all. Um, you know, he, he just went through all this shit. His best friend and partner is dead. All these people from the hotel, they're all dead because of these two guys that really mean nothing. Yeah. So there's this point where, you know, after he pulls, he reaches back and pulls the plug and pulls his gun out. I thought he was going to shoot himself you're like, first time. You're like, you know what? I think he's, he knows that he's fucked. So he's going to kill himself now. Yeah. And he's like, nope, on take or taking the bullets out. Taking my badge out, throwing them on the floor. That's my resignation. Take me if you want, yeah. but the job's done. But uh, that is such a oh God. I, that's so it sounds so corny. It was such a beautiful scene. Like the music was so well timed. Everything worked so well. But that's not my favorite scene. But there's <laughs> there's a really int- one more thing here, Jones. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I think this. I I thought this was beautifully well done, which is why I want to say it here because we're talking about it. Um, the camera movements, and and the framing and everything of the last scene that you see in the movie mirrors the very first scene you see in the movie when they're in the van because it starts mm. with it it starts with a close up on Ryan Reynolds and it just kind of starts that slow um zoom out zoom back you know camera movement and it's the exact same thing that happens at the end and I never noticed that in the I movie didn't, before, I didn't notice that but I I I I really picked up on it when I watched it uh recently I was like oh that's really fucking well done so I think it's worth that. mentioning but yeah. that's that's very much yeah. well worth mentioning uh my favorite scene uh, after i just went off talked about the scene that isn't my favorite scene anymore but it was <laughs> I, up until, I, it was worth I, talking about i i yeah. i, I teach you yeah, on yeah. that one yeah mm, that's fair uh so like i said 15 
plus years ago, that was my favorite scene. I, that was actually my favorite scene up until the, this last viewing. My favorite scene, though, and we talked, we already talked about it kind of at length, but I'll just bring it up again. Is just uh, where, where Buddy gets the news that the deal's fallen through, and I don't know if it's like the hindsight of uh, of, of adult life of like living having experienced life for a decade or so having having i haven't watched this movie in a long time uh and just how heavy how every well not everybody if you're if you're lucky you haven't but like to experience things falling down on you at once to feel desperation to feel like you got nothing and the only thing you have left because people when they're in this situation when they feel like the only out is to uh, complete suicide it's tunnel vision they don't see anything else there's no other window there's no other avenue and then that moment that's jeremy piven he that's where he was that's where that character was that's where buddy was and he's looking up at the world he's looking up at the universe he's got this gun in his hand and he's just like fuck here we are you know like he's almost pleading with god to give me a reason not to with his eyes with his gestures with his hand movements and it's so fucking powerful you know to know that like you know we said you know to start the movie from that more than cautious optimism to, to honestly confidence arrogance even like oh this will be fine you know blah 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 to it now we are we are a, a whole 180 here man it is not the same situation anymore the situation has changed and has changed for the worst and the only way out of this is to kill yourself it's that's scary shit well he's a man completely completely devoid of everything now it's gone it's all yeah. taken away it's yeah he has nothing the, the last thing he had was common yeah and he ratted him out and it didn't even matter now because and that was the thing that I think and he hit he, him in the eye with a car god damn he did <laughs> like, what, a, what a magician move right gambit would be proud <laughs> yeah um but yeah like and i i love that thing with common too where he common knew he gave him up mm-hmm. and he's pressing him it's like what'd you tell him you know what 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 what's going on you know things that i've done for you you know, that's that's a loyalty. Yeah. You can't buy that loyalty, right? And then that whole thing breaks. Because that's the... And, and, of course, that killed Buddy, too. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want to give... Oh, any, yeah. I, I'll give up every... Fuck, fuck, uh, what, Kozlov, right? Um, Hugo. Hugo. Hugo, sorry. Fuck Hugo. Uh, I think Kozlov might have been his last name. But, yeah, fuck Hugo. Fuck, you know, everything else. Not giving him up. Like, nope. he's going free. Yeah, that's no, my guy. that's the deal. They want him. And they were like, and I love how serious Mecklen got. Like, all right, let's stop kidding ourselves here, kid. Yeah, this is how it's going down. Yeah. Like, oh shit. And okay. and and then of course at that point when he realizes there's no deal. That's it. You imagine that shit? Oh my god. There's nothing. You got yeah. nothing. Yeah, he went all, through all that for nothing. And there, there's a lot of uh, credit that should be given to that scene. And I understand why it's your favorite because if we look at it. Now we're far more mature than we were when we saw it the first time, right? We're all in our 40s now. Yeah. Uh, So you look at things through a different lens. Like you feel emotion a little differently than you did back then. Like back then we're like, hey, you guys want to have a few drinks and go watch a movie? Like it's an action flick. So there's a lot of action. It's awesome. But now like as you watch things like that and you reflect a little more because you've had all these life experiences in between – 2007 and now yes, yes. Uh, a, a lot a lot has changed a in few. 15 Quite years a few. and so it's like holy shit you like you feel it yeah and back I then that's like i don't remember feeling that when i saw I it the so first time for him i'm like this yeah. is so heartbreaking yeah. like yeah he's not a great guy and yeah he 
did some things. He put himself in this position, quite literally put himself here. But it doesn't matter. Like, to watch that heartbreak, to watch him betray the one guy that he staunchly did not want to betray, sends him out, and it was all for nothing. All of it was for nothing. Everything he's accomplished, everything that his, all his worth is shattered. Yeah, and brutal. so the only option is to just delete yourself. And that's just was that's a heavy heavy scene. And I think it it you know I'm not a huge fan of Jeremy Piven. I think he's a funny. He's a good actor, but I'm not a huge fan of his. He's but got. He, he, I think he has one note, and he yeah, does he, it well. And agreed. he plays that note very well. But I think he is kind of a one note. Sorry, sorry, Jeremy Piven. If for any reason you're listening to this, but you know, fucking prove me wrong. When's the last time he was in something? He doesn't have to be anything anymore. Well, he had. I don't know if you guys remember. He had uh, a a cancel culture thing kind of happen to him too recently. Where he was accused of some things. That sounds about and, right. Back in twenty twenty, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he he had a probably on brand. He, for he him. had a podcast that was going on. It wasn't related to the podcast, but he was kind of reinventing himself with the podcast. I mean, who wouldn't, right? But up, wink, bumps. wink, wink. <laughs> um, and then something kind of came out, and 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 I don't think anything came of it. Like I I think he was like exonerated from whatever went, was what was still had charged that long impact yeah yeah which, which is again it's hard to come back from going that. back to the beginning when i said how it's with justin roiland how you know i try to reserve judgment right before i jump on uh board of of wanting to ruin somebody's life for an accusation but um he had a tv show on lifetime or the, the the learning channel, not Lifetime, learning channel or Discovery Channel, where he was looking for a wife. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I remember I don't this. remember much after Entourage. He was, it, he was going to like Asia or Thailand or something, and he was looking for like a wife. That in itself should be a red flag. <laughs> it was it was after Entourage was over. Yeah. And I remember I watched like an episode or so of it, but it was like a little mini series. And I remember like Jeremy Piven's looking for a wife in another country, which is fine. But like it was such a weird show. Uh, are you looking it up, Mac? I'm I'm trying to see what I can find here. Oh. There's one thing where he's in called Jeremy Piven's Beard. Apparently that was a short. Huh. Um, my my favorite uh, Jeremy Piven movie is PCU, with him and John Favreau. Yeah, Favreau. If you if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. It's like a college stoner movie, but it's hilarious. Um, I'm one of my one of my favorite movies is the movie Serendipity. He's he's the John Cusack's best friend in that movie, and that yep. also goes to my love of both John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale equally. Um, he he's Walcott and Black Hawk Down. So he had a couple of movies there, Rush yeah. Hour Two, where he had a little bit of uh, stuff going. Old School, Runaway Jury, but no, I don't even see that TV show. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's that I swear it happened. I'm not. I didn't like dream <laughs> that. It was so strange to me. If it didn't happen, it should happen. Yeah, hold on. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, Spy Kids four. No, I'm just gonna. There's four Spy Kids. Apparently, I think they're probably trying to bring it. Oh, they need a fifth one. Is Robert too? Rodriguez still involved? God, I don't even want to know. Uh, survey says yes. Written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Hmm. Spy Kids four. All hard the time up, in the world. Hard up for work. Coming to a later episode near you <laughs> on a future week. A whole of series nothing of good. Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, there's a couple of Mr. Selfridge. That's not that. Wisdom of the Crowd. No, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything. But there was a stretch there where he, like, almost from like 2015 up until like 2020, where he wasn't really doing anything. Yeah, just like a blank window. Yeah, I swear this happened. I will not. I will not rest 
until I find it. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, this has been an experience. It's been a little different. We're one man down, but still here in our hearts. Oh, uh, hold on. Wait a wait, minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh. Are Fault? you ending this? You're not already? ready to wrap up? No, Fault? because for, for oh, one geez. really go. good Fault fucking start. reason. Clint Mansell, we got to talk about oh. this motherfucker. How oh, dare you? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. sit before me and you talk your talk and you walk your walk like you don't want to acknowledge one of the best composers of all time. Sure. Black Swan, motherfucker. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> oh, man. Requiem the for wrestler, a Dream. The Wrestler. Pie. The Fountain. <laughs> Hello. Hi. My hi. name is Clint Mansell. One of the best composers you've ever heard of. Clint Manziel. That's not John Williams. Moon. You ever see the moon? Every day. No, the movie moon. I mean, there's a couple days during (laughs) the month. There's a couple movies. There's a couple days during the month where I can't see the moon, but you know, beyond that. Noah. You can go to Michigan and see the prettiest butthole and the moon all in one. He composed music for uh, Mass Effect Three. Like, let me tell you something. All right. Uh, And 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 so Dead Reckoning is one of my is is my favorite movie soundtrack track ever dead reckoning is to herb jones what hooded sweatshirts in september are to herb jones we'll go with that that's that makes sense and it, i'm saying it's it's in your dna yeah we'll go with that if anybody yeah. knows herb <laughs> you understand that his hooded sweatshirt dead reckoning maybe maybe flip-flop those two i don't even know it was so good having like watched that movie the first time that i, I remember immediately downloading pirating that song Figuring out what it was called because it wasn't it wasn't in the in the credits. There were yeah. no, there was no Shazam and, and I was at that like, point in time. So I had to like figure out what the song was called on the <laughs> Track internet. Track it down, yeah. And then I downloaded it illegally, um, probably Bear Share at the time, most likely. And then I put it on my iPod. Uh, I have seen Moon. It's a good movie. And yeah. Clint Mansell composes music for that. He, yeah, that's one with Sam Rockwell. I keep getting that confused. What is Clooney? In, no, Clooney's not in that one. No, Clooney's you're thinking about that one. other Sandra Bullock movie. No, that was Gravity. No, there's another one where Clooney is goes up to the moon, but maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, God, yeah. But it's, listen, Clint Mansell, and he has composed music for a lot of movies. I just them are the ones that I've seen that I've enjoyed. But there's a ton of other ones. Um, definitely, maybe, apparently. Like all sorts oh, of random that's movies. A, I I love that. I know sound. you do. That's I why I brought that. it up because I know, I know the twinkle in your eye. I brought for, it up. for definitely made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they're, you want to see you want to see somebody's tufts start to like spring to life. <laughs> I just mentioned a romantic comedy to Dave, and he yeah. and he gets he gets all bristly. He's a big, I, big rom com guy. It's a, I am a big rom com guy. Yeah, that's that is a that is a fact. Uh, but yeah, I just want to just I want to give the man his flowers because people are talking about John Williams, and that's cool. Hans Zimmer, that's I. Man, Clint Mansell's my dude. Like, uh, the Requiem for a Dream, and I don't oh remember the name of that god. song at the end. Oh my god! Yeah. Listen, you want to talk about a depressing? Listen, oh. listeners, if you've never seen Requiem for I a Dream, I know we're gonna talk about that. Don't movie do at it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it we, is depressing as hell. Guys, real quick, we have an opportunity here that without Noah being here, that we can actually talk about like some movies that don't completely suck all the time. Um, not saying that Noah would or would not be about that, but Noah's a big fan of the, this movie is so hilariously bad. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Right. Um, I want to fucking talk about Requiem for a Dream. I actively, I've watched that movie twice in my life. And each time I I was with you, it's it's scarring as a motherfucker. Yeah, it is. It is an experience that you've got to want and you've got to be sure you're ready to sit down and watch it because you want it's just it's depressing. Yeah, we'll, we can we can definitely cover it. Uh, yeah. yeah, but going back to 
Clint Manziel. So not a lot of movie soundtracks also have score tracks on them. Yeah. This particular soundtrack does. And it's an interesting soundtrack if you ever get a chance to listen to it. It It's like the first track is from Prodigy. Uh, Motorhead is on there with Ace of Spades. Common's on there. Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan is on there. Like, it's this wide mix. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to throw these score tracks on there from Mansell. So uh, kudos to him. It's a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's a great score. Uh, yes. I'm sorry that I overlooked it. That's okay. Listen, I I, um, <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, we're just going to skip all this and pretend this never actually happened? How dare you? Fuck How you, Jeff. How dare you, sir? Unfortunate. Oh, First episode back, and I'm already getting fucked. Only only one Golden Globe nomination for this guy. What are the Golden Globe, Globe Globes again? What are those? Uh, That's not a real award. That's I not real. I mean, they have a, they have a show and everything. Everybody knows They have a show and everything. That was for the, that was for the Fountain. I'm surprised Black Swan didn't get more for an Oscar Such nomination. Such a good movie, by yeah. the way. Black Swan? Yeah. Yes. Oh, big time. Um... And last thing I want to uh, something I had a moment of clarity about this film. Before there was the MCU, I feel like this should have been like the Smoke and Aces universe because honestly, this movie, Shoot 'Em Up, uh, remember Shoot 'Em Up? You ever seen Shoot 'Em Up? Mm-hmm. You've seen Shoot 'Em Up. Yep. Yep. Shoot 'Em Up, Smoke and Aces, and like John Wick should all exist in the same universe. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting you say that because they've they've recognized the value of the John Wick universe and they're now starting to create. Oh yeah, they're building off that. They're starting to kind of build off of that. And I actually originally thought that they had um, started building off of that uh, because there's a movie that came out a couple of years ago that um, uh, Jodie Foster's in. It's about the hotel Hotel Artemis. I, for some reason, thought Hotel Artemis was a John Wick movie based on its premise and everything. It's not. Um, but um, Ana de Armas has been cast in the female John Wick, the ballerina. I think that's the next one that's going to come out with that. And there is a Smoke and Aces, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, one thing yeah. I would not recommend you it's watching not good. is Smoke and Aces, too. It is, in fact, not good. Uh, top build actor is Tom Berenger. In it, uh, the only Woo! the only assassin uh, from Smoke and Aces one that's into is uh, Laszlo. That should tell you everything you yeah. need to know. Uh, so don't go watch that because it's not good. <laughs> it's it's actually <laughs> it's, terrible. It's just Smoke and bad. Aces two, um, Assassin's Ball. But yeah. it, when it when it has a title, it's, oh, it's yeah. not good. It's not yeah. really good. Subtitles are not great. Don't throw shade on Tom Berenger, though. I listen. I will throw shade on him until the day I die. Why? Why not? I mean, I don't like him. He we're was. Not, we're not talking about Major League. I mean, Sniper was pretty good. Never a fan of Major League. I don't like baseball movies except for League of Their Own. Oh, that's shit. a good movie. That is a good movie. That's a really yeah, good, that's film. A good movie. I don't like. Was it uh, Fields of Grow or something? Fields or they'll grow here. Uh, Strawberry or... Fields. No, uh, <laughs> with Strawberry Kevin Fields Costner. And Costner. Yeah. What's that movie called? <laughs> Um, Field of Dreams. There we go. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name. That's how little I think <laughs> about how much you dislike it. I couldn't remember You're the like, name. You're like, I'm just going to make shit up until somebody well, says Field of Dreams. There we go. Well, it was Field of Something. I said Field of Grow or Grow field to Dream. Kevin Costner in a field. That's yeah. all we got. I, just, I cannot get with baseball films, mainly because I don't like baseball. Like <laughs> too. Oh, no, The yeah. Substitute. That's what I'm thinking of. Tom Berenger is the fucking bomb in The Substitute. That's a, that's a crazy mm. movie. How many did they make of that? More than they probably should. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, prob- let's be honest, probably the first one was enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like most movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, uh, yeah. Gave us a young Louis Guzman. And uh, Mark Anthony. He's like the the main, like, badass kid. Anyways. So, Ernie Hudson. The Shit. the, right, the moral of the story that. is watch Smoking Aces if you've never watched it. Or if you have watched it and it's been a long time. Go watch it watch again. It. Yeah, if you've watch watched it, it yeah. yesterday, watch it today. Yeah. Watch it as you Watch the movie and listen to this show as a, an accompaniment. <laughs> uh, a companion piece, if you will. Yeah. If you will. You can learn a lot. If you will. Um, and uh, the moral of the story really is that uh, you should also download Dead Reckoning onto your Spotify and listen to it because it's fucking amazing and I will not be told otherwise. Uh, fuck Imperial March. I said it. I stand behind it and I'll say it again. Fuck Imperial March because Debt Reckoning shits all over it. Honestly. Uh, and that's coming from a person who loves the song. Uh, hot takes, guys. Hot yeah. takes don't get coming it. from our there's, there's, hot, there's, hot, <laughs> I've been holding back for months just now. Just go fucking download it there, and enjoy a, it. There's a part of me that, that almost feels hurt by that, Jones. <laughs> it's with love and appreciation for the weird the way he was looking franchise. at you when he said he it. Like he was, he was taking I didn't look, shots. I look, I look beyond you. <laughs> oh, were you looking at the Star Wars? Yeah, I was looking at BB-8. You're telling BB-8. I was telling BB-8 to go fuck himself. You're not even in that movie, Fuck itself. I'm not assuming it's gender. But yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, it's great to be back. We'll see how how things go the next episode or three if we can kind of get some consistency going. But and please. gentlemen, if I may, um, great being back with you guys uh, doing this. Yeah. It's been fun. It's you been know, too long. We weren't sure exactly how this was gonna go. Yeah. You know, we had some conversations about what we wanted to do, but it felt good. Yeah, it did it felt good to it felt get back good to on get it. back on the bike and take the training wheels off. And we do. We st- Noah, if you're listening, I'm sure uh, you are. Um, your chair is here. It is sitting empty, uh, and is. we're uh, keeping it warm for you, man. Until uh, until you're welcome, uh, until you're ready to come back and join us, man. Yes, very much missed. Yep. All right, thanks everybody. Appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. Nothing good. <laughs>